Hello and welcome to another edition of Wise Council Weekly powered by Athenian Consulting Group. I'm your host, Tanyan Farley, and I have my co-host with me, Alex Francis, this morning. Alex, how are we doing? What's going on, man? How's it going? And we are doing well. We have one of the biggest guests I think we've had so far on the podcast today, yeah. so I'm yeah. excited about that. Um, he's got an incredibly diverse background, but the theme of today's podcast, which very much aligns with him, is, is continuous growth. So focusing on how you can better yourself, focusing on how you can move to the next thing. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. I think there's a lot of practical applications there. And then our big three today. Uh, so this is a little hint for who our guest is. Um, <laughs> is big three of professional sports that we wish we could have played. So besides yeah. football. So Alex and I both you know, played collegiate football, and that was the route we thought we were going. So we are going to do a big three of sports that – um we we wish we could have done we thought we thought we could be good at you know yeah there you go <laughs> thought uh, so i'm gonna say wish or mm-hmm. thought because okay. okay. <laughs> okay. okay. i think it can work either way but yeah uh like i said you know the topic of today is continuous growth and, and really when i think about that i think about making sure that you set goals and that you also look for opportunities to grow every single day so i'll kind of start here and i'll kick it over to you alex so for mm-hmm. me when i think about this this topic of continuous growth. I think about finding ways to learn and grow in every situation that you're in. So we talk a lot about being an entrepreneur on this podcast or, you know, about leading an organization, but there's a lot of times, you know, and I was in corporate America, Alex, I know you were as well. And there's a lot of people listening that may be there as well, where you're, you spend so much time doing your day-to-day tasks that you don't feel like you personally are growing. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to younger kids when I'm trying to, you know, help them move to another part of their career, maybe transition to something else. The thing I always think about is what are some things you do on a daily basis that you can hone in on to grow a skill, like to grow the skill. So, you know, the one example I think of all the time is if I work in corporate America and I spend a ton of time in spreadsheets, I have a skill set that can transfer to so many different industries, right? Absolutely. I may, I may work in, you know, for example, retail, like sports retail, but mm-hmm. because of my skill set in uh, you know, spreadsheets or in data analytics, whatever it is, I can transfer to a lot of other different industries. So I think focusing on small things that you do in your day-to-day life that can build yourself uh, I, th- I think we'll focus on that continuous growth cycle. I mean, what do you think? Is that something you focus on daily, you know, in your previous career or, or even now in what you're doing here at Athenian? Absolutely. I mean, in sports retail is what I was in actually um, doing spreadsheets, doing some work here and there with um, the planning elements of our uh, business. And I always realized that this is very much a skill that I could take somewhere else with me, you know, planning and developing and, and, uh, and thinking of ways to improve business, thinking of ways to improve a bottom line is definitely something I could translate over to any business. Most businesses out there want to make money. You know, if you're not a nonprofit, you're in this to make money. You're Correct. in this to make projections. You're in this to, to analyze what's going well, what's not going well to make sure that you're improving the business overall. And honestly, yeah. that's, that's a great point. Um, especially just thinking of, you know, your own personal career development. Um, you kind of need to set those goals, make sure that you're putting a check mark by the things that you're good at and then creating a plan to achieve them and, and you know, make them excel to another level. Um, that way you can then, you know, develop a timeline of, you know, different milestones you want to hit. Maybe you want to learn a few more programs or, or a few more applications to apply on top of all the analytics and Excel skills that you have. 
And then also, you know, sometimes just like you mentioned in corporate America, some of those companies have actual programs in place already that you can utilize, you know, actual training programs that might not be for, for your specific role at the time in this company, but you can take that class within the company and use that to apply that to, you know, maybe the next role or the next role that you apply to within the company and, they, and shows that you're, you know, taking initiative. It shows that you're wanting to improve yourself as well as improve the business because you're still here trying to get another job for the business. And then in a sense that gives you control over your own career path. Um, you kind of get to steer your path for you instead of having, you know, your manager come in and say like, Oh, you know, this is the next job that you're going to go to, or this is the next role that's in line for whatever, Correct. you know, your role is at, at an entry level, but it doesn't, you know, have to stop there and it doesn't have to be the end all be all. You can take control of that by, you know, developing those skills within yourself to make sure you're maximizing your career. Yeah, no, I think that's all spot on. I think the next kind of evolution of that is is really everything you just mentioned, but rolling mm. that into your resume. So when I think mm. about, you know, what gets you the job that you want, right? So that you know, people always talk about dress for the job you want or act for the job you want. I think that's really true. I think that is in, in so many ways. But I also think that in your resume development, in your skill set development, mm -hmm. you need to do the same thing. So if you are trying to build a resume, that gets you into consulting. Yeah. What skills do you have in your job now? What tasks do you have in your job now that you can frame up on your resume, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying to lie because definitely don't lie on your resume, but there's Absolutely. things you do that may not be the, the main thing you do in your career all the time, right? So I think about you know, if you're working at a grocery store, right? And you're doing inventory at the grocery store you are running inventory for a grocery store. Think about That's what true. those skill sets are, right? And, and think about how you can transfer that over. And, you know, when I think about that continuous growth factor, I think about, well, what else can I learn within the organization? And Alex, I think you hit on a key thing, which is a lot of these big companies, and it's fantastic, they offer all kinds of training mm -hmm. for different things, right? Whether it be you know, diversity, inclusion, whether it be leadership, whether it be skill set. Yep. Even if it's not pertinent to your career path, I think you got to take advantage of it and mm -hmm. you got to, you know, got to continue to grow in that. You know, you'll hear from our guest today. He talked about while he was, you know, in his first career, he was trying to learn as much as he could from everyone around him to move him to his second career. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I mm -hmm. think that that's really, really key. I think like finding a way to kind of to move through that. And the other question that we asked him and Alex, I'm going to ask you the same question is, uh, you know, how do you continue to like find ways to like stay hungry and continue to grow? Cause you know, we've talked about this complacency is the end is the enemy of greatness. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how do you continue to like find ways to grow and like what drives you to continue to grow even when things may be going really well and, and seem pretty easy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's just like that not getting stagnant and wanting to develop myself. Um, I think that's kind of just in me. Like, I don't want to get bored. Like, you know, growing up, you didn't want to be bored. You, you played a new video game. You played a new sport. You got on a different sports team. So now as an adult, I don't want to get bored again. I don't want to, you know, go to the same job every single day, do the exact same thing without you know, being able to get better, being able to develop myself, being able to show that I've achieved something more than I did the last five years. You know, you don't want to get in that stagnant, complacent spot. You want to be able to achieve things and, and, you know, see new life as you grow, you know, within your life. And, you know, one of those things I think that helps with that is just like surrounding yourself with 
good people surrounding yourself with people that are also excelling surrounding yourself with you know possibly a good mentor that can show you steps that you can take within your career you know to get to a different level and and that i think helps a lot of just for mindset and just to open a lot of people's minds and ideas to what else is out there you know sometimes you just think that this is my bubble this is what i do and that's it you know and sometimes you got to have someone else to talk to bounce ideas off of the show like hey you know you can excel in something else you can make a move to do this and then you know they just opening your eyes to new things like you know we were talking my wife and i were talking to somebody the other day about like equestrian equestrianism and stuff like that and riding horses i'm like I've never like, you know, thought I'm, I'm, I grew up in the country. So like I'm, I was, I'm more of a cowboy kind of guy, you know, rodeos and stuff like that. But hearing this different aspect is like, wow, that's cool. Like I, I, my, maybe my wife wants to get into something like that or, or, you know, just something that we've never thought of, but it's just expanding and getting out of your comfort zone sometimes and getting around different people doing different things that might help you excel and, you know, give you a different mindset to things. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. Right. Learning from the people around you, focusing on those situations and continuing to harvest value from everything that's going on. So, mm -hmm. well, I think it'd be great now to transition to our guest for the day, uh, who is going to share how he continuously, you know, grows in, in his life and his career, how he shifted from, you know, two professional sports and then into leadership in those as well as success in the, in the corporate world. So without any further, um, you know, wait, we'll bring on our guest, Alonzo Highsmith. All right, we now welcome on our guest for today, a former NCAA national champion at the University of Miami. The U, for the folks that don't know that, a first round pick in the NFL draft leading to a long, successful NFL career. A former professional boxer with a 27-1 record, including, I think, 23 KOs. Is that right? I like that. And now so a successful career <laughs> as an NFL personnel executive for, you know, going on 10 years now, Mr. Alonzo Highsmith, man. Welcome to the podcast. I'm, do I'm doing fine. Thank you. How are you guys doing today? Man, we're doing not bad, good. Not bad. We're happy to have you on. And like I said, uh, actually, I've been in the NFL now. I've been working in the scouting and front office for the NFL for the last 22 years now. Oh, 22. 22. So, so personal exec, personnel exec for 10, scouting yeah, for 22. I, yeah, I've been the total, you know, the, the funniest thing about this business is as you move up the ladder in this business, it doesn't matter what they call you. It's all mm -hmm. about scouting. You know, you, you may have a fancier title, but it still right. goes back to the core of football. And, develop, and when you're building a team, it's through the scouting. And they scout, scout, and everyone in the organization scouts and um, though you have different titles, it's all very important. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and that kind of leads into our first question actually, which is, you know, while you were playing, did you have like a, an aspiration to be a scout and be a personnel exec or is that something that kind of just developed during your career and then you found a way to make it work? I would say it just developed over time. You know, actually I didn't even really know what scouts were when I played pro football. I remember pro days, going to the combine and that kind of stuff. But I really didn't get into it or, or even thought about it when I was playing. And um, as I got done playing, I thought about coaching. I thought about a lot of things. And the thing that intrigued me the most, well, I had opportunities to go coach, but the thing that intrigued me the most was learning how to build a football team. And um, I was fortunate enough after I retired from boxing, I'd, I'd had enough of boxing and I wanted to get a career while I was still young. Right. And, um, and by chance, Sean Jones, who's a good friend of mine, uh, I played with, he also played for the Green Bay Packers. 
they were looking for a scout and he mentioned my name to Ron Wolf. And in 1998, Ron Wolf flew me in for an interview. And 19 years later, after that interview, I was still with the Packers until I left in 2017, 2018 to go with the Cleveland Browns. Long um, stint, long stint. Yeah, it was a long stint. I had a lot of, I had a a lot of great memories. It's around two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And, um, you know, I, I've been kind of lucky at the quarterback position my whole life. Um, yeah. <laughs> high school, high school, I had Mike Shula, who was all-state quarterback. We went to the mm. state championship. First two years in college, I had Bernie Kozar. The last two years, yeah. I had Ted Verde. Yeah. First three years of pro football, Warren Moon. And then Troy Aikman. Sheesh. And, <laughs> and, then, and, and then when I was trying to make a comeback on my knee in Kansas City, I'm in the huddle. It was Joe Montana. Walks in. Though, though, though I never played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City. Uh-huh. And then when I got into scouting, the quarterbacks, Brett Favre, and now then it goes to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And then from Aaron Rodgers to Baker Mayfield, and from Baker Mayfield to Russell Wilson. So it's I've Sheesh. been. I've been pretty. <laughs> I don't know if you can do much better than that. I, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, man. There's only That's a, a few list right names there. on that list. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. I don't know if you could ever draw it up any better. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know how you could. It's um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's a interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's awesome. And I wanted to touch on a little bit more of that, like that decision to go into boxing. I mean, yeah. you know, having so much success in football from the college yeah. level all the way to the pro level, like. Um, you know, just for what was it that drove you, you know, to boxing? What 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 attracted you to it? Well, actually, as a kid, I loved boxing. I think I wanted to be a boxer, but um, there was no boxing around my neighborhoods where we mm-hmm. lived in the suburbs. And um, so I never did it. I played around with it in gyms and that kind of stuff. But when I blew my knee out and I was done playing football, I was still relatively young. Mm-hmm. And I went to the boxing gym because I didn't want to uh, lift weights anymore. I wanted to, okay. my boxers are in shape. They got, you know, they've got abs. And I said, that's what I want to do. So I went to the gym and I started training with professional boxers and never had an intention, had the intention of becoming a professional Actual fighter boxer. or even having one fight. Wow. But what happened was I started training and then someone said, hey, you're getting pretty good. And I started sparring with professional heavyweights and sparring with those guys, sparring with those guys. And then I let them talk me into having a fight. And then it, and it's, then it got to the point where you ever, you want to go swim across a lake and you get halfway and you're like, you're too far to go back. <laughs> so you keep going, you keep going. And uh, my last Big fight I was supposed to have. I was supposed to fight George Foreman in the Astrodome. Wow. And um, when that fight didn't come off, I just decided I better go. I'm, I got kids. I better get a job with a career and a future. So, again, I was fortunate enough to Sean Jones mention my name. And, you know, I, I football always came easy to me because I was always an evaluator. I've always been an evaluator my whole life. And, um, whether it was high school, college, you know, you're watching. I remember we used to watch the draft in college and 
we'd have our little books written down, guys we played against. And we go, why did that guy get drafted there? He can't play. And, you know, that kind of stuff. So I was always evaluating players. We used to evaluate them. You know, when you're a freshman, sophomore in college, you're, you're evaluating guys coming in. Oh, that guy sucks. You know, he's not, he's supposed to be a five-star. Ah, he's no good. So you kind of always knew. And then as the other part of it was my dad was a football coach my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was a pretty good football player from little league to high school, through college and to the pros. But not only did I know how to play football, I knew what it took to be a football player. So yeah. that's what that's what made it an easy transition from me to get into scouting because I knew the from my dad, listening to my dad talk about players and being around players. I always listened to coaches talk about players. And um, so when it did come time for me to get the interview for the Packers, it was kind of, it was kind of like it was a natural. I was already right. – I've been doing this already, though I wasn't on any pro football team. So okay. I was fortunate in that aspect. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great story. And the fact that you were doing that kind of evaluation in college, and I, I do remember mm-hmm. those days of watching the incoming guy. And, you know, I yeah. agree. Not, yeah. not a lot of those dudes uh, lived up to what their stars were. So I can agree exactly. with that. Exactly. And, you know, you look at players, you go, man, he's stiff. Or you say, oh, that guy's fast. Or you say, oh, that guy can't break a tackle. You know, those kind right. of things. And I always paid attention to that kind of stuff. When I was playing, I used to write down rules of being a good running back, um, speed, mm-hmm. acceleration, the ability to break tackles, catch the football out of the backfield, being able to block, all those sorts of things, being a good offensive tackle, big, long arms, quick feet, you know, good lateral movement, good flexibility. So I always thought about those things when, when I was playing. And um, I understand why playing against Bruce Smith, why he's a Hall of Famer. Right. No the doubt. guy had right. everything. You know, right. The guy had everything coming off the edge, played against Lawrence Taylor. I mean, that guy coming off the edge, the, the, the played against Derek Thomas. You see guys mm-hmm. like that. And, and I think playing at a high level of football in Miami, playing at a high level of college football, um, I've always been around elite athletes. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I've always yep. been around. It's prepared you. Yeah, it prepared me well. Right. And um, so I knew that you had to have a work ethic. It was going to be easy. Talents, obviously, one of the most important things. But one of the things that comes along with talent is you have to have work ethic. You have to have right. intelligence, intelligence to do the right things, intelligence to do what you're supposed to do in order to get where you want to get. You know what I mean? We've seen a lot of dumb people who make dumb mistakes and they never right. fulfill their dreams. No, and I think, I think it's and if you're around a lot of good football players who are great at what they'll do, one of the things you'll find out about them is they're, they're, they're very intelligent. They're smart. They know what it takes to be good football players, especially guys who play for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And one of the things that I think you kind of touched on earlier and, and we think about in the business sense all the time is, you know, building the right chemistry within our business. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what you focus on so much now. Yep. So how do you balance 
you know, you just mentioned there's guys with a ton of talent that may have some off-field problems or, or may not be team guys with guys who may not be as talented but are great for the locker room, are great for that kind of glue of the team. Like, how do you balance that? And what do you look for as far as that kind of balance? And is it different for every team? Well, I, I, it's different for every team, but, 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 but not really that much different. Um, you know, I think when you're building chemistry on a team, the first thing and the most imperative thing is you got to find guys who love football. You got to find guys who like the game. They enjoy practice. They enjoy their teammates. They even enjoy Saturdays or Sundays even more. That's that's when football's easy. That's when I don't have to coach you to practice hard. I don't have to practice. I don't have to get you up for the game because you love the game so much. And if you find guys like that, it's infectious to a team. Um, enthusiasm is one of the biggest things in football. You don't have to, I don't mean you have to be the rah-rah and cartwheels cross the floor, but you have right. to. But you have to like the game. You have to. Football is one of the most violent games in the world. It's, it takes a lot out of you. Football's, football's going to take more out of you than it gives you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all seen that in this sport, whether it's injuries or whatever happens. Some of the greatest players you'll ever know never made it because football was taken away from them because of yeah. injuries or all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, being a dad or any success. Oh, I think we lost your audio for a second. Can you still hear us? People, good people. They have people, they have good teammates. They have teammates that like to practice. They, they hold each other accountable. And you know what? The problem you have is when, when you bring in too many bad eggs, mm. you, you got, I think Ted Thompson said it best. You have to be able to sleep at night. Mm. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. This game's hard enough. This game is really hard. Don't make it that much harder on yourself. Right. So right. you're always looking for good people. And, and I think good people, you know, football is no different in the corporate world. You, you want good people. You want you want people who like working together. Uh-huh. You want people who care about it as much as you do. And if you can find those type of guys, you'll have success. But Absolutely. get a quarterback first. Get a quarterback. I, I, <laughs> I agree. Understood. I agree. Or align with the right one, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That, that's exactly how, you know, my career was just based off of, you know, from high school Mm-hmm. Senior year, we gelled together so well, made yep. it all the way to the state championship, lost yep. one game. My same yep. year in college, senior year, the whole team just kind of came together. We won the first conference championship in over like 60 years for Rice University. Yeah. And now I'm kind of I mean, seeing it right now as we're building up this small consulting firm, putting together the right pieces, putting together the right team, and, this, and the success that we're starting to see and the success we're starting to build is just growing exponentially. Oh yeah, you'll you'll get you'll you'll get way further ahead with good people who enjoy mm-hmm. each other, and, and and the thing you always want to surround yourself with is you always want to surround yourself with people who care as much as you care. Mm-hmm. You, you know I mean? If you can find a group of people who care and they're all about business, yeah, they like to have fun and they enjoy each other's company, but deep down inside, they care about succeeding. They care about you succeeding they care about um your other 
employees succeeding. Because I've always right. said this, um, you know, my job is a, if I was a GM one day, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And even in my position now, my job is to make those who don't have voices proud of our football team. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, There's right. a big organization out there. There's a lot of people who represent the Seattle Seahawks, whether it's in the business department, it's the communications department. They don't they don't have a say in the day to day of football, mm. but they but they enjoy watching the Seahawks play and they cheer for the Seahawks with all their heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is imperative. It's important for me to find good players so they can be proud of their team and their organization because we're all part of it. And, you know, that's the pride I take when you see a good player on the field and the organization's happy, the city's happy, you feel part of that and they feel part of it. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it, scouting is very important when you look at it that way. 100%, 100%. And I think too, you know, you talked about like those folks on the team and having the right folks and them, you know, setting goals for themselves at the beginning of the season and setting goals, you know, kind of throughout and checking where you're at. How have you taken that like goal setting and achiever mentality that you had on the football field or in the boxing mm -hmm. ring or, you know, as a, as a father, you know, yeah. in professional pursuits and taking that into what you do, you know, in player personnel and scouting? You know what? You know, it's weird. I've always said this. You know, I've never competed with anyone in anything. I've always made sure I did whatever it took to give the most out of myself every day. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes when you start competing with people and you get into the wrong mindset, you, you know what I mean? The only yeah, thing I can take care of it, I think the only thing I can take care of is what I can do. You know, you ever seen that guy running a race and he's looking at the other guy, he's looking at mm -hmm. the other guy and he gets nipped at the end because he turned and that guy went forward. Right. I, I think, I think one of the things I've always prided myself in when I played football, where I work ethic is I'm always ready. I'm always prepared and I'm going to try and outwork everybody. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to give you the exact same thing every single day and I care, and I'm gonna push myself as far as I can go, regardless what you're doing next to me. If you get up at seven o'clock and come to work, that's fine, however you do. I like being there at 4.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. That's just me. And, right. and I always remember what my dad told me in life was never give a man a reason, never give a coach or a boss a reason to say why. I'm yep. not gonna give you an opportunity to fire me. Um, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to say, well, you're not starting because you're not good enough. You know, I'm going to outwork all those around me and you're going to have to say that's the starter. And, that, and that's, and that's always been my motivation and my goal. I've never set out a goal to be the number one rusher or mm. to be the best player in America. My goal was every day I went out to practice, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to give the most effort, work the hardest, and all that other stuff will come with it. You, you yeah, know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And I've always said, and I've always said this. I've always tell kids this all the time, and tell players of the Packers, including Browns. You just keep working hard because I've never seen nothing bad happen to people who work mm. their ass off every day. Now it might not come when they wanted it, <laughs> but it sure. eventually, it, it eventually comes. 
and you just keep plugging. You don't change. You just keep working hard. You keep working hard. You mm -hmm. keep working hard. And the only thing you want them to say about you is, man, this guy, I don't want them to say he works his ass off every day. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my goal. I don't, you know, you know, if you take care of everything else, everything else mm -hmm. is a byproduct. And I think Jimmy Johnson used to always say this when I was in college, you know, you have to do the little things. It's the little things you have to do in order to be successful as a team or, or an organization. You have to do the little things. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. How you, how exactly you how, how, yeah. how you and I were talking the other day, Tane, about just always making sure that we're providing value add to our customers and our clients mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, they have a reason to hire us back the next time, even though mm -hmm. that first opportunity might not be a million dollars or, or $500 million. It's just something small, but it's us being able to get a chance to show us how good we are, how much value we provide and how hard we work. And then after that, you know, the sales goals will come, the, the bigger contracts will come and everything will grow from that end. For sure. It's I the think, building blocks, I, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think, the, I think the biggest mistake you can ever get into, into something is when you get in it for money. Mm. Or you got in this job to be the president, or you got in this job to sit in an executive chair. You got in this job so you can make the most money. And those facts, those things, sometimes with those things come. Some people do things that they don't they don't like to do. You know what I mean? Anything I get into it is because I love doing it, and whatever comes with it comes with it. You know what I mean? I no, didn't get in football to make a million dollars. I didn't get in football to be the first, to be a first round draft pick. You, you, you know what I mean? I didn't get in boxing to be a world champion. I did it because I loved it. And whatever comes with it through work ethic, that's that's just part of it. I didn't get into scouting to become an executive or a gym. I got into scouting because I love football. You know, yeah. I love football. I love the everyday process of football. I, I like the scouting part. I like all that stuff. All that other stuff is just byproducts. And, and you know what? If it happens, if I'm never a GM in pro football, I will, it, it won't even, I won't even bat an eye at it. It won't even, it, that's just something that happens, but I'm, it's never going to diminish my role of what I think I can contribute for a team. Yeah. Well, two things. One, uh, we here in Houston are pulling for you to be a GM here in Houston really soon. Um, and that's, that's my on the record comment on that one. But number two, you know, the thing that you talked about was, you know, finding your passion and pursuing it to, you know, in whatever career that, that you choose to do. Right. So I know there's folks that, you know, may love music and they pursue music. Mm -hmm. They may love engineering. They pursue engineering. They may love football like you're talking about and they pursue mm -hmm. it and people get so wrapped up in, you know, if I play in the NFL, I can make a million dollars. I can do this. But what they don't understand is if I pursue my engineering that I want to do, or I pursue my music career, I pursue whatever it is. And I put everything I have into it, like you talked about and build on it and build on it and compound that every single day, you can get the same byproducts, right? You yep. really can. And so I think that's a great message for young yeah. entrepreneurs or, or, or professionals out there to hear. Oh, you're going to, it's not going to be easy. Whatever endeavor you choose. Absolutely. You're going to be working in your garage. You're going to be doing a podcast in the backseat of your car. Right, when, right. When, when you hear about the stories of people who are very successful in life and the humble backgrounds they came from, you go, mm. wow. And, and, you know, you always have to remind kids, you know, that, man, 
I remember Jimmy Johnson and some of the coaches I've been with telling me about when they first started in this business. They they shared a room with three other coaches. They didn't have any money. They were spreading peanut butter on crackers and and, and, mm. and dividing it up. And and that's the part of life that you can never skip. You know what I mean? Yep. That's your building block. That's your foundation. That's that's what gives you that hunger and drive to what succeed you. Yeah. And, right. and, and, and pushes you forward because of those humble beginnings. And, and we see it all the time in football. We see it in every endeavor there is in life. We all have to start somewhere. Some people are fortunate in life. They didn't have to start in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Some get but the I, boost. But, but, I, but yeah. I, think, I think, man, like there's definitely something to be said for those that don't get that too. I mean, either oh, way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly what we talk about all the time here at our firm. It's just those core values and sticking to them. And that's mm-hmm. who you, be, you know, how you become the person that you are and stick to yep. those and being successful. Um, but I wanted to ask one more question. Uh, we yeah. get this question a lot, kind of in our Q&A sometimes. Um, it's just, did you have a mentor when you moved into the scouting world and, and, and transition? And if you did, what made them so important to you? Oh, I would probably say when I got into a business, in this business, the one guy I looked up to on the road was a guy who's passed away recently, was a guy by the name of Seal Bacato. Mm. He scouted for the Houston Oilers. When I played for the Houston Oilers, he was with them. I think he scouted for over 50 years with wow. that organization. Wow. He's, it was so awesome to ride with him and be around him and listen to his stories about Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, and mm. all the greats in the last 50 years he scouted. And, and, and I mean, like, there's no school for something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in your business, if you were ever to meet someone who was highly success, successful in your business, I would my best advice to you would be just go hang around them and listen. For sure. Don't say a word. When Seal Bacato told me you gotta get to a school this early, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, I took it as the Bible. Yeah. You know, and it was a when he said, Hey, I need you to do this, he says, You didn't ask questions, you went and did it. When he said, Hey, we're gonna be here at this time, we're all gonna be here at this time. And everyone who has been around CO yep. has been has been successful in this business. There are many GMs and scouts who owe a great deal to him because of the the impact he made with us as beginners in this business. He was seventy years old and nobody could keep up with him. Wow! wow. I mean, the guy he drove all night. He was first there in the morning. The guy was amazing, and and he was the mentor to all the scouts in our area, the Southwest, when I was in college. And if you were, if you saw Pro Day at Rice, CEO was there. The old man with the—he was the old man with the gray hair and and the squeechy voice, yelling at people. And and man, he—he was an amazing man, and. you know, I, I think I owe, I probably owe every everything I am in this business, probably to two people, Ron Wolf for giving me an opportunity and Seal, Seal Bacato showing me how to do it. And, 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 and I think one of the things that we all have to have in life is two things, empathy 
and being humble. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being confident and, and, and I've met some people who are so confident, but that's just an exterior. They're very humble people inside. They have empathy for people. They care about people. And, and, and I think that's the most important quality we can have and what we can ask for in people is do you, how do you care for other people? Is it important? Like when you're going to build your company one day and you want to make sure that people who work for you grow, mm-hmm. they have a family, they, the company is successful enough for them to move up in the organization. You want to see other people succeed. You want to see their families go to Disney world and enjoy life because the company is doing well. And, right. and, and, and it's, it's no different in football. I want to see my friends become GMs. I want to see Absolutely. my son become a guy. I want to see other people succeed. It's just not a, grab and take it's about me it's it's, it's about like i said like giving more of yourself is the number one priority for me in life giving more of myself and i probably give too much of myself sometimes you know don't say that don't say that (laughs) well you know i i i I probably should have done a few more things around the house (laughs) instead of always going to work out somebody i probably should have took more vacations and stuff like that but you know what it was important for me to work out with high school mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, and it, and it got you to where you are, you know. But I also think, yeah. too, and that that's a way of giving back. You know, I, one yeah. of the things that we talk about on this podcast all the time is, you know, Tony Robbins talks about the secret to living is giving, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. his, like, mantra. And I think that yeah. you can apply that any way you talk about, right? Like, we just talked about whether it's scouting the high school kids because I know there's yeah. some mentorship there as well. Like, I know yeah. it's not just right. Right? Yeah. Right? Right. So Absolutely. I've worked out. I'll also tell you now, we that's used right. to get it. At, at, at Hightower, I knew right. these kids were going to be successful because the work ethic these kids put in, I've never seen anything like it. These kids worked their behinds off, it, it, whether it was with me or with their coaches. And, and I think that's a great lesson in life that if you're willing to work, you'll succeed in whatever endeavor you want to do in life. As long as you're willing to work, as long as you're willing to be humble, Mm-hmm. you're willing to persevere and you're willing to give more of yourself you'll have no and and that's what football does it, you know if the world was more like football mm. a team you had to count on people it didn't matter how tall he was what color he was what nationality when that ball snapped he better do right. his job because we need him and when he does his job good we're all going to high five him and when he doesn't do his job well we're all going to hug him that's what football that's what True. makes football so special and so unique love that love that and man just let, listening to you talk about your mentor it made me think of one more question mm-hmm. um so you worked out a couple of my friends they, yeah. they all right and i've seen them in person they okay but i want to know the one guy since you've been in this industry for 22 plus years the Ooh, one guy that just blew your socks off um that you saw at a workout i need to know who that guy is Oh man, yeah, man, it's been so many guys. Man, you have to go like Adrian Peterson. Mm. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I can, can imagine, that. man. I can, I see can that. imagine. That dude was big, fast, and he loved playing football. He's still playing because he yeah. loves playing football. And um, you know, you look at a guy like. Um, you know, some of my favorite guys are guys like Tremone Williams, a free agent who brought mm. to the Packers. And 
went on to have a 15-year career in the league. Um, wow. Donald Driver. That, you know, first-round guys, okay, Reggie Bush, I expected you to be great. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the lower-level guys that get me the most excited. Yeah, it's the guys when you, can, rough. when you can find those diamonds and roughs and you get a guy in the third and fourth round and he goes on to be an all-pro and turns out to be a Donald Driver or or um, Corey Williams, and there's so many guys like that. And and you're like, man, that's how you build a team. You, yeah. you build a team through the draft, and you build a team of drafting well, developing players along the way. And it was an interesting stat the other day. Aaron Rodgers has only played with through the two first-round pick receivers. I saw that. Yeah. 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 Crazy stats. And, and it's, <laughs> it's the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, but it's also – being able to find players to compliment Aaron. When you're winning 20, when you're winning, when you're picking between 25 and 32 every year, you're not going to get the guys you want. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have to circumvent the, circumvent the draft with having good scouts, having a belief in your system and how you evaluate players for your team and your team only. And you draft those type of players who fit what you want to do and you just keep rolling along. and um, But it always works good with a good quarterback. <laughs> well, hey, hey, <laughs> there's, there's a disclaimer on this. Do not try true. this without a good quarterback. That's hey. true. <laughs> well, I, I, li- I love the philosophy. I love the insight you've given today. I also love the fact that we have Deshaun Watson in Houston, so everything you just said works out if you want to make that move. <laughs> um, and, and we appreciate having you on, and thank you so much for the insight, and look forward to talking to you soon. All right, now, you guys take care. All right, we now head into quick hits with managing partner Bobby Dixon. Bobby, how are you doing this morning? I'm great, guys. How are you today? Happy Wednesday to you. We are doing yeah. good. We had a, a great guest today on with Alonzo Highsmith, and you know he provided a lot about you know continuous growth and transitioning careers. And so we wanted to ask you, you know, as someone who's grown kind of continuously transitioned it through several industries and careers like what prepared you to move through those industries and have success I mean obviously it's not the NFL to boxing but you know I would say going from investment banking to consulting to you know home building to consult you know that kind of path definitely takes something as well yeah no it's a fascinating question you mentioned growth I would say from my perspective growth has typically been uh, a reflective point so in other words, looking back, you know, on decisions uh, and things that have been made and, and, and then kind of, you know, seeing where the growth is. So, I, you know, candidly, uh, didn't make a lot of my moves with, with sort of growth in, in mind, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly have, have grown through the decisions. I think for me, uh, the, the number one thing that has driven a lot of my decisions is, is discovering it's kind of this um, self-actualization process. Maslow talks about it, right? And hierarchy of needs and and uh, as you discover your, yourself relative to your, to your needs and understanding for me is quite frankly, what I don't want to do, <laughs> right? Uh, you, you know, and, and when you can get firm about that, uh, then you can make decisions. Um, and so whether it was leaving corporate, uh, leaving big box, uh, you know, whatever it was, it's like, hey, I, I don't want to do this anymore, right? And then right. you find yourself. So then it's okay, if you don't want to do that, what do you want to do, right? Okay, you want to want to start a business so you go do that the other thing if the first point is kind of understanding what you don't want to do i think the second point for me would be just 
understanding that the biggest fear is falling down or, or failing, right? Um, and it's kind of like a child who's, who's skating, right? Until they fall down and understand that they can't get back up, you know, there, there's a fear about it, right? And so um, falling down the first time, you know, bumping my head uh, and call it just, you know, failure. Uh, but then understanding, hey, man, there's life after that. You can get back up. Um, uh, I think um, that's the other thing that, 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 that drove me. So, you know, understanding as a guiding principle, you know, what, what I don't want to do, which as a result, you know, uh, you know, helps me determine what I do want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, failure, man, is, is not a fear of failure. You know, you should fear, you should fear it, right? Or, or at least respect it. Yeah. Uh, but understand you live through it, right? And I think, you know, if I had one last point, Tanya, it would just be uh, things that you want to make sure you hold steady, you know, through the process, right? And it is kind of, you know, your integrity to the extent that you can. Uh, the strength of your relationships uh, to the extent that you can, right? And just a commitment to, you know, whatever your own value structure is. So it's been under, under no circumstances, will I do this, yep. right? Um, you know, and, and that's helped me, right? Because uh, when you fall, I mean, it's those, it's those things that you got <laughs> you, you to gotta draw upon to get back up, right? All right, yep. Absolutely. And that's definitely something that we talked about earlier. Like you mentioned, is just uh, taking your career and just, you know, grabbing it by the horns, you know, deciding what you want to do, deciding what you like to do and where you want to see your career path go from there. Um, Alonzo also kind of mentioned something about how important it is to have a network um, to grow yourself and to be able to transition career. So how important was a network in your journey and why? It can mean everything, Alex. I, I think access, you know, to information, capital, uh, and um, and what you're describing is people uh, are the three gateways, right? Uh, and so um, I think the network has meant everything from from the relationships I made in college, you know, to the relationships I forged as a young professional, to those in business school, uh, and then those just uh, you know throughout my entrepreneurial career. And even more than a network, Alex, I'm just going to call it relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and getting back to my first point, you know, it is, um, everybody's got different perspectives on, on, on networks. I've never been a kind of, you go to a happy hour and, and grab, you know, 30, 40 business call, cards and, and do all the follow-up types. And, you know, I've, I've tried to put myself in positions and with people where I can build authentic and, and, and genuine relationships. Yep. Uh, because in those moments, you know, particularly those moments, you know, of need, right, you know, on either side, right, you know, uh, you can draw upon the strength of them. And then once you have a strong network or a strong set of relationships, I think it comes down to three things that you always got to be mindful of, right? Uh, it is, I just call it got, give, get in that order, right? Uh, right. Understanding, you know, kind of what you got, what you have to give to the relationship, right? You know, um, so understanding what you're what you have to give, but are willing to give, right? Uh, then uh, thirdly, you know, uh, what is it that you expect to get, right? right? You know, from it. So, um, so yeah, it, it's been everything, right? You know, and um, to this day, uh, you know, the ability to, to call upon, you know, friends uh, in the network has is, is just made all the difference. I think that's, I think it's a great point. And it's definitely something that Alex and I believe in and what, you know, Alonzo mentioned as well, and, and, you know, just continue to grow and learn through them as well. So we're going to lighten it up a little bit, but keep it in line with what we're kind of talking about with Alonzo and, and his kind of life is our big three today is sports. We think or wish 
Okay. Either one uh, <laughs> that you could have gone pro in. And, and we intentionally didn't say football because all three of us played collegiate football. So we thought, you know, that was probably the obvious choice. So uh, big three of those, if you don't have three, you know, one or two is great. We have our guesses of, of what we think yours are. So we'll, uh, we'll reveal those after you go ahead. Uh, uh, so number one may surprise you track and field, you know, uh, it's not, not, not even close. Uh, I'm one, I'm I, I one for one of my you, guesses. One for if, one of my You guesses. guys can, can maybe relate to this. Uh, if football was the sport I seem to just uh, excel the most in. Right. Track, I was, track I was pretty good as well, but track was my passion. Uh, if I had an extra hour, you know, I, I wanted to go to the track, right, and, and try to work on that craft uh, as a fan, uh, historian, uh -huh. right, you know, uh, and even kind of youth track coach, man. So, oh man, the Olympics. I mean, track's kind of an amateur, you know, type type thing. Right. But but yeah, that that would be it, number one for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, you can ask me any pertinent fact about Texas, particularly high school track, uh, going back to maybe you know 1981, and I'll nail it. Um, the second would be, uh, basketball, right? I mean, who doesn't okay. want to be an NBA player? Uh, you right, know, right. I probably don't have an, a more in-depth answer, you know, other than, yeah. other than that, right? Yeah. That's, that's the sport where everybody knows not only the names and the faces. Right. Yeah. True. True. Well, you could, you know, you could be right next to a guy who was first team all pro for five years and other right. than saying that's a big guy, <laughs> you, you know, you, you wouldn't even know who he is. You know, basketball, you know, the roster kind of one through 10 by face. Um, and, and the third uh, would be, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to be out there at Pebble Beach, you know, on a Sunday uh, with my uh, red shirt on waiting to go low, <laughs> you, you know, uh, so it'd be the, it, it'd be the PGA tour. No right. doubt. No doubt. That's great. I mean, those are, those are wonderful answers. I just like to applaud myself as I went three for three on guessing your answers for this today. Is true. This is uh, true. Yeah. I what did. order? I, I think it was pretty much that order. Okay, I might have yeah. might, I might have had track flip track last, middle, but yeah. yeah but still, okay, okay, yeah. Good. So well, you'll have yeah. to you have to listen to uh, the end of the the segment here, Bobby, to hear what our big three are. But I think there's some good ones on there, and uh, there are a few overlaps, but there's a lot of different ones too. So mm -hmm. I think I think that's really cool. So yeah, cool. I look forward to. I think I have an uh, you know an idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, I won't. I won't. Um, I won't uh, give any clues away, but uh, yeah, I'll have to tune in. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, there'll be some good ones for sure. So, <laughs> well, we appreciate the insight, you know, on career change and how to kind of navigate that and learn through each section of life and then just kind of the overall wisdom there. So we look forward to talking to you again in a few weeks. All right. Now it's time for the cool down. So Tanya, what have we been reading, listening to, watching, anything we've kind of been learning from this week? Man, it has been... I would say the last two weeks, there's been a lot going on. I think I've spent most of my time reading and learning um, some options, investing and trading skills. Okay. Uh, I've been working on that. I've also spent entirely too much time uh, reading on our politicians for the upcoming election at all levels, just to make sure I'm Understood. informed. So <laughs> everyone out there, make sure you're informed on who you're voting for. Don't vote blindly because the commercials lie. So that, true, that's, true. that's what I've been working on. What about you? Uh, I finally caught up with one of these audiobooks that I probably had for a long time. I saw a lot of people uh, online just like kind of posting about like Dave Ramsey and help them clear debt and help them yeah. get out of stuff like that. And so I've had this audiobook like on my phone for like 
two years now. So I finally kind of caught up with it. It's called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And it's kind of just helping out on, on, you know, the way you rethink debt and, you know, trying to make it not as normal and stuff like that and little tips and, you know, knocking stuff out of small increments, stuff like that. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I've never really been a debt guy, but, you know, I love just knocking it out and getting rid of it. So this yeah. is, this has helped me out a little bit more. That's good, man. That's a good thing with the, with the kid absolutely. and stuff now. It's good to, you know, rethink everything. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, now it's time for the big three, baby. The big three pro sports we think or wish we'd be good at. <laughs> and this is a good one because I feel like there's a lot. Um, so you, let's go, let's alternate so I can okay. go first. So mine's, mine are going to be mostly wish. Uh, maybe, okay. maybe a little think, but mine are mostly going to be wish. So my first one, my number one is PGA Tour. Okay. I mean, okay. If, if I was a, a phenomenal golfer and could play on the tour, I don't think yeah. there's a better life. Absolutely. I really don't. Nope. Guy carries your own caddies. So, I mean, you know, you don't have to carry your own clubs out there. You're doing your own thing. I absolutely, absolutely agree. Uh, I don't think I'd be good at that at all. So, I, it didn't make my list, but it would, it would definitely be a cushy job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my first one, though, is baseball. I think I was pretty good growing up at baseball. I played since I was like five all the way to high school. And then it just got to a point to where those curveballs were just a little too good for me, and I couldn't stand in there anymore. <laughs> yep. But I was pretty good, man. I played, like, literally every position. Like, catcher was my best position for whatever reason, even though I was still fast. But I think Same. baseball, I could be a good – I could be a solid, you know, triple-A guy right now, you know? Love that. Love that. That's big time. I mean, <laughs> they make a ton of money, too, so that would be yeah, a great absolutely. one. Uh, my next one, and this one was probably more, this is the most realistic probably of the group, uh, was playing in the, in the NHL. So I grew up playing hockey all the way into high school and uh, honestly thought that was the path for me. I didn't, And then I tried football my freshman year of high school. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. this is way more fun. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but I think looking back, that'd be one. And honestly, too, like those guys have you know, so much fun playing and they play a lot of golf in the off season and like, mm. you know, they, it seems like a great life. So that would probably be, be my next one. I like that one. I always loved ice skating. Never thought I would want to try ice skating while getting hit. So that never crossed my mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but my second one is, is I think I would really be good at lacrosse. Like every time I watch it on TV, I'm just great like, I, I could, I could kill at this. Like I have I have no idea. I don't know any of the rules. I've never played it before. But from the looks of it, I'm like, yeah, I, I could do this. It's just, it's just, you know, soccer with a stick, right? You know? Yeah, it's a great sport. Honestly, super fun. I think you'd have a blast. Plus, you're super fast, so I think that would be extremely helpful. You know? It's not, it's not all that different. Small yeah. tangent. It's not all that different from returning kicks. Okay. Um, the fact that, you know, if you can avoid people and, and find openings. Get to the goal. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I can do that. They didn't pass it if I get in trouble, you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't really have to do that if you don't want to. But, okay. You know. Okay. See, I don't know the rules. I don't know if you have to yeah. pass it three times. Uh, I mean, like, you I mean, know, kind of thing. You, you got to pass it, but it is what okay. it is. We'll okay. make it work. <laughs> All right. So, my last one. So, it's a tie. Okay. Uh, and this is, these could not be more, more different, but, you know, it is <laughs> what it is. So, uh, part one is a UFC fighter. So, I've been told for so many years that I look like Chael Sonnen. And honestly, like I could do, I, I would, I think that'd be pretty fun. I don't know if I have the mental capacity to like go to that place to fight someone, but I think it'd be, I think it'd be a pretty wild career. Plus you're like, most of what you're doing is hyping yourself up and, you know, yeah. press conferences Just and all that stuff. Guy. Plus, yeah. <laughs> I love the training aspect of it. So that's part okay. one. Part okay. two is 
and this one's a little out there. I don't know why, but um, I would love to be a freestyle snowmobiler. So not a racer wow. and not like a backcountry, but like the guys that do like double backflips on a, you know, thousand pound snowmobile. snowmobile. Yeah. I just, wow. I, I, I grew up, you know, watching like, all the X game stuff, especially like, yep, yep, you know, yep. like Mike Metzger and the metal militia. Yep, right. So yep. like I was here for that. So that would be, that would be my two. Nice. Uh, that kind of flows into my last one. Um, I also grew up watching X games all the time, nonstop. Um, and I think my last one would be something I wish. This is definitely a wish. Cause I, I really sucked at, at it, but I really wish I could be a pro skateboarder, like travel the country you know, get in the van with your boys and just go shoot music videos and stuff like that and just, you know, have the most fun of your life while doing some cool tricks. Like, I really, really, really wish that I could do that for a full time. And, and it hasn't, and it's been like a lot more um, black, young black skateboarders coming into the game nowadays, which makes it even so much cooler for me to like think about now. But back when I was growing up, it was like one or two. Yep. They, had, they had sneaker deals and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. But other than that, like the game is like changing now so much. And like you can make a video everywhere. You got GoPro cameras, you got cameras on your phone. So anytime you do an epic trick, like you can make sure it gets recorded, put it out there on YouTube, make some money on YouTube, make some money on, on you know, competitions and stuff like that. Like, awesome. Man, I really wish I could do be a skateboarder. For sure. I mean, production costs went down super. Oh, yeah. I think we could still, that one is probably the most realistic of all of these for any <laughs> wait, of us. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait, no. So no, we're going to no. put Alex out on the skateboard and see what happens next. I, so we're going to put me on the skateboard. You're going to do a double backflip on a snowmobile, right? Yeah, I'm not doing that. Okay. All right. But, so I thought. but, but I'll, I'll film you on, on the skateboard. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we had, so I think that was a great, I hope people at home like kind of think about that and, and, you know, just be kind of fun. It's a little different one for this week. Um, and, and after hearing, you know, Alonzo talk about all the sports he played and probably could have played. Right. I yeah, thought, it, yeah. I thought that was a good one to cover. We, we had a, so we had a listener question this week that we wanted to cover. Um, okay. Thank you guys again for sending it in. So, this one is with so much going on in the world right now, and especially, you know, being home, how are you able to focus and, and be productive throughout the day? Like, what are some practical tips? So I thought that was a really good question. So I'll go first, Alex, and I'll kick it to you. So for me, and Alex knows this, I segment out my day. So I have blocks of the day that these are for calls. These are for work that I need to get done. These are for recording the podcast. These are for internal meetings, you know, whatever it is at the house. So for me, I think having a set schedule that you can block time off to do certain things, I think will mm. really, really help you. The other thing, uh, and this is just a personal preference. So man, the news stuff with your family, all that stuff is great, but you, you gotta like, you gotta segment it. Yeah. Right? You, you can't, you can't take too much on. You got to realize that some of that's good for you and some of that's not good for your health. Um, you know, you need to be educated on what's going on, but you can't let it consume you either. So those are my kind of two practical tips. I guess yeah. the only other thing would be um, for me the night before, like before I go to bed the night before I write down the things I need to do the mm -hmm. next day. That way you don't lay in bed like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do tomorrow or, you know, oh, I forgot this at 2 a.m. Right. right. That, that helps to kind of eliminate that. So those already, are my tips. Already, already kind of lay it out. Yeah. Um, my, my main one um, is just like you said, like just having a schedule having a regimen, you know, having something that you can hold on to and make sure that you're sticking to it. Um, recently, <laughs> with the newborn in the house, I haven't been sticking to mine. So I'm trying to get back to it. Uh, you know, so I'm trying to get back to, the, to working out. I'm trying to get back to, you know, focusing on 
different parts of the day, segmenting it out. I'm trying to get back to like staying at my desk as long as possible and, and you know, let the baby come down here. I'll hold the baby for a little while and then let the baby go back upstairs, like kind of thing. But just trying to get a steady regimen and then also trying to get like some quiet space. Like that's the other thing, like just trying to get quiet space and a long time to make sure you can focus on your task. Um, that also helps a lot. I did see another thing that I started trying as well is doing a 90 minute, just like crash crunch block of work, like no phones, no distractions, no one else around, like close the door in the room you're in. Crunch it out for 90 minutes. Don't look at your phones. Don't look at your emails or anything like that for 90 minutes and knock out as much work as you can. And then see, see, see what kind of productivity that's, that, that leads to. I love that. I love that. I think the 90 minute block is a huge, like that, that make to me makes a lot of sense. And honestly too, I, I get to a point with that where I'm like, you know, I have to make sure I segment out time because otherwise mm -hmm. it's your point, yeah. right? You start to work on something and you have so much going on. You know, the thing that, I, and Alex knows this. I have multiple monitors. I got a whole bunch. I probably have too many. I think it is. I he, think has, he, it has, is he has too many. I'm going to say he has too many. <laughs> I think it is the best thing for productivity and the worst thing for productivity. I think if you can't segment, yeah. uh, you know, things out there, you know, if you have multiple things open that you're working on, you're going to crush yourself, right? You have to be able to have one thing open and have supplementary things open to support what you're doing. Otherwise you're just going to end up wasting time and spinning your wheels. So those are my thoughts. I like it. Well, guys, I appreciate the time today. I think, um, you know, the content from Alonzo was great. I hope that the tips we kind of provided on productivity and, and self growth, continuous growth, you know, will help you continue to do what you need to do. Um, you know, day in and down and continue to move to your next career. If you're looking to, you know, find a way to move to a new career or looking for some advice on that, you know, we're here. So reach out via Instagram, via social media, LinkedIn, you know, email us at info at Athenian group.us, whatever it may be, you know, we're here to help with that. So guys, as always take time to breathe and focus on your current situation. Adversity breeds ingenuity and Alex. Ice council, least sustainable results.